Hello and welcome to Through Their Eyes, again, a podcast where we get to look at the world and the church through the eyes of those around us. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. I'm your host, Michael Clark. And we are so excited to kick off our second week of our summer content. We've been doing this for a week, plus you remember we did this last year as well. We pull out different particular podcasts uh, specifically just for our summer content, and you only get these once a year. Uh, But within these podcasts, we do them a little bit differently. We get a chance to sit down and to talk about uh, different topics, uh, specifically this year, this summer, we're talking about church leadership. And this is something that is so important, something I think that is so misunderstood, um, not even just in the world around us, but even within the church of how the Lord's church is designed um, and understanding the authority that an eldership holds. um, And then also getting an eldership to understand that great responsibility that they hold uh, being an elder. So certainly we're grateful uh, to be able to talk about these things, specifically with our guest for uh, last week, this week, and then also for the next couple of weeks. Tony, thank you again so much for uh, being on the podcast with us. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Enjoy getting to spend a little time talking about some of my favorite people, those who serve as elders. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Um, as we have said before, Tony has much experience in this. He has been working um, with the congregation where he labors at for um, some almost 40 years. Um, so certainly he has great experience um, in, in, in understanding this and being able to do this. Um, and uh, I certainly think he's a great role model for us as young ministers who are striving to you know work well with, with elderships. Yes, and I, I know I was supported by the Bobby Branch Church of Christ when I went through preaching school, and I've been able to be with them on several occasions, and they are an outstanding congregation. They've always had good elders that I've been around, and a lot of times people say as go the, the church goes as the elders go, but I think we learned last episode that working well with elders has a lot to do with the preacher too, and making sure that he is a sounding board for good things about the elders, not the guy that you go to to speak negatively about elders. But this episode is on building relationships with elders. Uh, I heard it said once that a, a preaching student made the comment, well, I've got two years of sermons written, and every two years I'll just move to a new work. And uh, <laughs> that particular day, that student probably got one of the biggest lectures of his life, I would imagine, because evidently as the story goes, an instructor heard him say that and came in and kind of gave him the the ring around about that mentality not being the right way. But it is an unfortunate trend sometimes where for whatever reason, why ever it happens, however it happens, sometimes preachers don't get to stay in one place for 37 years. Uh, Maybe a opportunity comes up where they can go back home and they can't pass that up. Maybe a situation arises where the problem occurs and they have to leave. Or maybe as sometimes takes place too, maybe unnecessarily or unjustified, but they're let go and they've got to look for a new location. Whatever it is, it's hard to build relationships when you don't have a lot of time. But if you can start off and build the relationships in the right way, that's an important place to begin. And so oftentimes with our first question, I think this can happen. It's very easy. Um, Because God said there needed to be a multiplicity of elders, there needs to be more than one. 
there is a good chance that you will click better with one of them or maybe even with a few of them and not all of them. Uh, maybe you are a big football fan and so is one elder and you guys can just shoot the breeze better than anybody else in the eldership. Or maybe you really love fishing and this elder is a big fisher and he loves to go out and fish too. And so you can easily go out with him on a Saturday and, and you kind of find yourself not clicking well with other of the elders, but one in particular, what do you do, brother Tony, when that happens? Uh, well, first of all is, you know, when you click well with one, that's a, that's a positive. You don't look at that as a negative. You look at that as a positive sure. um, because you do share something. Uh, one of our elders is a graduate of the university of Tennessee. And of course I'm from the state of Alabama originally. And uh, there's a little bit of a rivalry that exists there, but uh, we uh, have a lot of banter with one another, but, um, uh, you know, there are some of the elders. In fact, one of our elders, him, and his wife have traveled several times with my wife and myself on vacation. So we've, uh, I've spent a lot of time with all of our elders, uh, but usually there's one that you may mesh well with on a personal level. And, um, what I realize is that you've got to uh, understand you don't want to be a situation where um, you use that uh, as an undue uh, influence over the eldership personally. Uh, in fact, I think you have to do a little bit of stepping back and say it's almost like a parent child relationship. Uh, sometimes parents want to be the, you know, friends to their children when they, their children are really needing them to be parents. Um, I think you've got to be careful. You don't take advantage of a situation where your friendship um, gives you undue influence. And so um, my, I guess I would say this is a positive thing that if you click well with one of the elders or more than one of the elders, uh, but uh, make sure that you don't leave out the others, that you don't have good relation with them. But I, I guess I have another word of caution is the fact that you don't want to create a click. Right. Uh, churches are real easy to have clicks and, uh, you know, you'll have a group. Now, I will tell you, our eldership operates on the basis of they all make the decisions, but usually there's various areas where each of the elders will work. You know, one may deal more with the worship services. One may deal more with the building. One may deal more with um, uh, missions. And there may be one elder that you have to communicate with more. Uh, one of our elders is a treasurer and I have to communicate with him regarding purchases and things such as that. Um, so you may have more connection with one than another. But again, I, my caution is, is don't create a click where it appears that maybe you and one of the elders are um, creating a group, a subgroup that need, doesn't need to take place. Sure. Would you say that it's almost a requirement in that situation uh, to not call that elder first when you know that you click better with that individual that you should probably, because then like you're mentioning, it, it almost lends to the idea of if I click well with this elder and I have an idea and I call him first and then he tells the other elders, it, could it not look like at some point 
very clickish like you're talking about what would you do you've got a you got a man like that that you click well with how do you incorporate him i know you said bybee has specific men in specific roles and you can't you can't really avoid calling that individual if it's over their role but what what advice would you give for a place where maybe there's only two elders or maybe there's three and there's not a multiplicity uh to the point where they can have set roles over each thing how do you make sure to not give that impression when you have an idea that's outside of the the meeting room. Okay. Well, first of all, I found that most of the time that uh, if it's something that is valuable and significant, uh, it's not that pressing that it has to be decided today. And uh, I would much prefer if I was going to take a program or something that I was interested in, you know, let's say maybe you're in an area where you're not participating in Bible bowl, but you want to participate in Bible bowl then you go in and meet with the elders and explain to them what's involved, explains to them how it operates, uh, all of the things, and then you approach it that way rather than just calling up your favorite elder. Maybe that's what you're sort of going toward, you know, one that you click with right? and say, hey, I've got a great idea. How about you present this? Um, I, I think that lends itself to creating a situation that's not healthy. Um, I just think, you know, there are times, for instance, when there may need to be a, say, a benevolent case needs to be handled um, and you would have to call one elder. But I would say most things don't require that. And uh, you just got to avoid anything that's going to create that uh, disharmony uh, because the elders that you may not be as close to may resent that. And uh, that create more conflict. Um, again, I believe in prevention. And, uh, you know, if you just do things the right way, it's surprising how many problems never arise. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. I think you, know, you mentioned taking those preventative measures and making sure that you're the right kind of person. You go about making your decisions the right way. And then you have an eldership that are the right people, the right men, and they go about making their decisions the right way. Then you have individuals who are meshing together, who are unified and who are going to be able to stand together um, and make uh, And, you know, they're going to be able to make decisions on behalf of the congregation. Um, you're going to be able to go to them with your problems, your issues, but also the good things. And um, it just, it meshes well together. And again, you see the design of the church there in the wisdom and the foreknowledge and, and the foresight of God. He knew what he was doing when he designed the church and he made it to, to be this way. And if we would just simply follow it, then we can see how everything would work the way that God would have it to work. As we're talking and continuing to talk about this idea of building relationships, what are some of the best ways, at least in your estimation, as you you mentioned, you'd worked with, you know, some 20 odd uh, individuals uh, over your time who have been elders. What are some of the top ways to build those relationships with them? Um, I'm going to use the passage, First Thessalonians 5, 12. He says, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize the Greek word there, oidai, which means to know, to understand, to comprehend mm. those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Um, that's to the congregation. But as the member of the congregation, the preacher, I feel like I'm uh, required to do that as much as anybody. And that is to know who they are. I need to know a little bit about them. Um, and uh, I ask questions, you know, I, I try to, uh, 
Uh, just like if I was trying to get to know you guys, I might ask, you know, uh, who's your parents? Where did you grow up? You know, what's your hobbies? What kind of things are interesting to you? Um, you get to know a person. And uh, um, I think that's, first of all, the way that you would build a relationship is get to know them like you would build any other interpersonal relationship sure. is that uh, you do that. But the second thing I would say is work together. Um there's several practical things, you know, some of the things we've done over the years here is uh, a lot of times when we would have an odd number of elders, you know, maybe there'd be five elders and then myself, and uh, we would go out and make visits and I would pair with one of the elders, but then would rotate, you know, mm-hmm. two of them would go, another two would go, and then I would go with one of the, uh, the elders and then we would rotate that. And you know, when you're visiting prospects, you're visiting members who may need encouragement and maybe even correction. Um, but you work together doing the Lord's work. That will build a camaraderie uh, because, you know, they see you, you see them um, working, doing the Lord's work together. And, you know, that's always a satisfying thing is to uh, have that kind of relationship with one another. Uh, I've traveled with several of our elders doing various mission efforts. Uh, uh, in fact, I've been to Canada um, to a mission effort that we've supported there with three of our four elders. I think it's important too. not every church can build the same way. Uh, there are some churches I hear that they go uh, for a week weekend retreat at the end of the year. They go rent out a campground. They plan the whole year out. The deacons, the elders, and the ministers are present. Uh, Maybe their families are there too, and the ladies can work on other things that need to be done with the ladies' programs and all of that. And and that's great. And I think that would be an obvious plus if that can happen for every church. But not every church can do that. Number one, not every church could afford to do that. Number two, not every church really would need to do that. Um, If you've got a 45-member congregation it may not serve you well to go and have a, a weekend-long retreat planning out the year, uh, but building those relationships are still important. And I, I like what you mentioned about when you'd go and visit, you'd rotate. Uh, we talked earlier in this episode about clicking better with one elder over the other. How you can build a good relationship with them is definitely by spending an equal amount of time as much as possible with them. Now, like you said, and we, we need to point this out. You may have mentioned it, and I may have dozed out for some reason, but Jesus had disciples that he was closer to than others, and there's nothing sinful about being closer to a specific man or a specific group of men than other people might be, uh, as long as we keep it the right way. And when we are looking at building relationships, I like how we often you know, attribute that to like kind of building a foundation and then you're you're setting up the walls and then you're putting on this and you're doing that. It's not a one-stop shop uh, building a relationship. It takes time. And it's certainly something that as we began this episode, you can't do in two years, build a great relationship with a group of men and then leave them and go somewhere else. Uh, that That's not probably going to go over very well long-term. Uh, but in regards to the, the last question of this episode, it's often the case that we mentioned in the first episode of Law of Averages, if you know that um, you have an elder you click better with, there's also probably going to come a time where there's an elder that you just can't seem to get on the same page with. Or maybe 
Um, you got there and I know this has happened some places, but maybe an elder says, well, you weren't my choice, uh, which is not a great way <laughs> to start. I actually have heard that that happens more with members, but I also heard yeah. it did happen once where an elder told somebody, I didn't vote for you. I got outvoted. And so from the very get go, you seem to be at odds with an elder. What do you do? When you and an elder can't seem to get on the same page or maybe the whole eldership uh, on a, a situation, not matter of opinion, but how do you handle even like matters of doctrinal stuff too when it comes to that? So you've got elderships that maybe you've got a guy that you're not getting along well with. How do you handle that? And then what do you do if the whole eldership and you disagree on something doctrinally? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, well, first of all, you know, what happens if you and an elder are not on the same page? Well, first of all, I'd suggest always do what you know is right, regardless of what others may do. Uh, there's one thing I've learned in life. There's only one person I can control. And that's me. And uh, I have enough difficulty doing that. So I'm going to make sure that I always do the right thing, regardless of what others do. If they make mistakes, if they're going down the wrong path, um, you know, I'll do everything I can to try to help, but uh, I've got to make sure I do the right thing, that I don't allow myself to uh, respond returning evil for evil. I've got to always make sure I do the right thing. Right. Number two, elders like preachers all have unique personalities, and there are going to be some who are uh, very easy to love and get along with. You just can't help but love them. And then there's going to be some that their personalities are just going to be, well, how do you put it, grating? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, they just, you know, you don't necessarily care for their personality and they may not care for yours either. So, um, you know, you've got to recognize, as you pointed out, Jesus had those who were closer to him. But even when you have disagreements, you make sure that, uh, you know, you try to be as cooperative as possible. Yeah. But I want to add something that I've learned. You know, you've asked me to be here because I've been doing this a long time. There's some things that I've learned through the years that I think can be helpful. Uh, some may be going through some health issues that they've not revealed. Mm -hmm. And they may be on some medications that affect their disposition. Uh, I don't know if you guys had to take any uh, steroids or not, but uh, my wife says steroids makes me grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I will tell you, there's some medications that do affect people's personalities and sometimes they're going through some, some real tough times. And so uh, um, I've learned to cut people a little more slack than I used to. Um, you know, I've, I've learned there may be things that are going on. And so you may not, you know, be on the same page with somebody, but it may not have anything to do with you. Uh, I've had one situation where the preacher before me was not uh, loved as much as perhaps he could or should have been. And maybe he didn't do things as well. And uh, people become jaundiced or, you know, a um, little discouraged at preachers in general. So, you know, I've got to prove myself. And, uh, you know, it may seem well, I, they shouldn't judge me by what somebody else did, but we sometimes judge others by what, Others have done too. You know, a man who's worked under a couple of elderships that's not been ideal may come to the next eldership expecting problems rather than expecting things to cooperate. 
Um, But at some point, if you can't get along and you can't work together, it's like Paul and Barnabas in Acts 15, 39, you know, the contention becomes so sharp, they parted from one another. And I'd recommend that if a man gets for the congregation and he just absolutely cannot get along with the eldership, it's time for him to find somewhere else to work. Sure. Uh, don't destroy the congregation. Uh, go on and find somewhere else. And sometimes you may find out later on in life, hey, it can work out again. You know, John, Mark, and Paul became evidently good friends because in Second Timothy four eleven he says, you know, get Mark and bring him with you for he's useful to me. So, um, um, you know, t- today things may not work, but uh, in the long run they can. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that um, I think sometimes you have a, a a minister who just who can try to make it work to the point to where, like you kind of mentioned, he can destroy end up destroying the congregation or bringing in the congregation low. Um, and I think some of that has to do perhaps like we've mentioned already with the idea of ego. Um, you know, you have a problem, you've got to fix it. You've got to get it to work. Uh, but sometimes it just doesn't work like that. And sometimes you've got to be able to understand that, swallow your pride and say, I just need to move on. I just need to, I, I need to pack up my things and move on because again, you're doing this for the sake of, of the work of the Lord. That's your first goal in life. Um, and when you begin to put that on the back burner, you begin to look at all of these other things that you wish to accomplish and hope to do just for the sake of you, um, then that's where you begin to uh, see problems and issues arise even more. And so understanding that, again, um, as as a minister of the gospel, your goal should be to edify um, the Lord's church where you're at and to build it up and to strengthen it. And if you're not doing that, then you need to certainly take a look within and figure out what the problem and issue is. And sometimes it could be, like you said, perhaps a change of location. Yeah. And when, when that happens, obviously in matters of sin, if an eldership is trying to say from the pulpit, water baptism is no longer essential, then maybe it's a little different of a situation where if a congregation asks the preacher their opinion on that matter, he would be obligated to hold the scriptures in in truth and sincerity. But it doesn't mean he has to go around blasting the elders that hold that position uh, on Facebook, or it doesn't mean that he has to go around and telling everybody and anybody that will listen. He can leave. He can leave and let it be known why he's leaving uh, and let the congregation know, "I, I just cannot support what the scriptures don't support, and I'm going to be leaving and moving elsewhere. And then if someone does ask him from outside, he can be honest with them and tell them what happened. But again, we're not the brotherhood police. There's a difference between being caring for someone's soul and trying to make sure they're doing what's right and just trying to put every finger in every pie that we possibly can fit. And that's not really what we're supposed to do. But when an eldership is not doing anything sinful, and you just start to disagree with them on things, and you just can't get over it, it's time to move on. And it's, it's time to move on and, and keep the unity of the body of Christ intact. Uh, don't go around telling other people, even our preacher friends, well, that eldership just doesn't know what they want to do. That eldership has no clue what they're doing. They have no idea what it means to be an eldership, and so I left. Just say things didn't really work out that well, and I'm really hopeful for the next preacher and that, you know, for them to be able to work better together. That Just leave it alone and move on to the next work and pray for that congregation to be strengthened. If it's matters of opinion, pray for those matters of opinion to not matter anymore and then move on. But certainly that that's a important point that was made there is that if it ever comes to a point, contention gets too sharp, separate. 
and then just kind of see what happens from there. And it's easier to do that than to run the risk of blowing the congregation up. Uh, Caleb, you have anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, I just, again, you know, put the Lord's church ahead of your, put the Lord's church needs um, and what's good for the congregation ahead of your own pride and ego. Um, because that far too many times is the downfall uh, of, of preachers and sometimes becomes the root problem of why a congregation um, is no longer successful in the work of the Lord. Um, so just be very, be very conscious of that. And when you're building your relationships with, with the men who oversee your work and do all that you can to be peaceable uh, and loving in those relationships. Yeah, Brother Tony, do you have anything else you want to add on this particular episode? Um, one, Just one observation that I think uh, when a man is going to a new work uh, and the eldership is interviewing the man for the position, I think the as a preacher, I ought to be looking at the congregation and looking at the eldership. And while they may ask me doctrinal questions, I think it's appropriate for the preacher to say, you know, I want us to make sure that we're on the same page uh, with regards to things. And uh, if, if people would just simply in, um, you know, the old phrase is choosing a preacher is a lot like choosing a wife. And, uh, you know, if you're going to use work together for years, uh, if people would just do a little bit more asking of questions, not like I've got to have a job, I need a job, I'll take anything that comes along, but to make sure that we're all on the same page, a lot of these things could be avoided to begin with. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, some of the disagreements that we see in the church over the silliest things um, are a contributing factor in some way to certain people saying, why would I want what you have? Uh, y'all can't even agree on the color of the carpet. You think I want to become a Christian? Y'all can't even agree on what color the pews are and the walls and other things. And, you know, and I'll say this as we close. I heard a story of a congregation there. We had to go get indoor plumbing. That was the discussion at hand. And there was a family that, that made a big fuss about that. We don't want indoor plumbing. That's not right. We shouldn't have indoor plumbing. And And they moved their membership to another congregation that had indoor plumbing. And so it obviously wasn't that indoor plumbing was an issue. It was just the crutch. They were looking for a reason to leave. They were looking for an excuse. They found one that they thought was logical, but then they made a fallacy out of it by moving to a church that had the very thing they were saying they were against. And so we've got to be careful that we're not just looking for disagreements and looking for fights. Things that are matters of opinion, get over it. We're all married men. Our wives have decorated our houses with things that maybe we would not have chosen to decorate with, but they love it and we love them and that's what matters. And when an eldership makes a decision that's a matter of opinion, I should love them in the same mindset that when I see something that my wife likes that I just don't understand why that's something that is important, that I say, someone I love has chosen to go with that, that matters to me. These men that I love and that the Bible tells me to respect have chosen to do X, Y, or Z. That matters to me, and I'm going to uphold them. This has been a a wonderful episode talking about elders. These last two episodes have been uh, working well with them in episode one. If you haven't listened to that, go back and check it out. And then this one, building relationships with elders. Uh, Don't forget Thursday. We have a Did That Really Happen For You uh, podcast that we sit down and talk to people about the funnier things that have happened. Uh, it's it's pretty much purely 
uh, comedic. Uh, we just kind of listen for stories that have been told, and uh, we've really enjoyed getting to do that. We're looking forward to another season for that. But then next Tuesday, we're looking forward to having the third episode with Brother Tony, and we're switching gears a little bit. We're going to go to working well with deacons. And so uh, we're looking forward to his perspective on that. But until then, don't forget to try to see through someone else's eyes what we've been looking at this week and listen to what Brother Tony has given us and the perspective that he has, the scriptures that he's studied, and ponder on them. And if a change needs to be made in your life in regards to the eldership, we hope you'll make that. But tune in Thursday for Did That Really Happen? And then again Tuesday for another episode of Through Their Eyes. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.